Good evening. It's another tournament in a tea break. I'm Roz Satar. And George Belshaw. And it's a little bit of a, a break from the norm because there's still actually play going on. And uh, this time we're actually sat on two chairs with the microphone um, in the middle where the photographers sit because you can't actually find anywhere quiet enough to do the podcast. And we've got a bunch of people that are looking at us very strangely in the lift. Yeah, okay. Yes, we're talking on the mic. Yeah, that's great. Wave at the earthlings. Okay, let's crack on. It's been that kind of a day, really, hasn't it? Um, well, what can we say about the last match that we've just seen, which was, of course, Rafael Nadal beating Diego Schwartzman. But not just beating Diego Schwartzman. No, no siree. He broke John McEnroe's 34-year-old record of the longest set streak in history. So... How do you feel? About, how do we feel about that versus how does he feel about that? Um, I'm very impressed. It's very, very difficult to win that many sets in a row, yep. as is proven by the fact no one else has done it. So, <laughs> um, you know, there's obviously a slight asterisk by it in terms of Rafa's career and why he's maybe not done this during the time when the likes of Roger and Novak have been playing. You know, those guys have yeah. not met peak of their powers in this run but you you know you just can't take anything away from him you if you think about every day you turn up to work and don't feel 100 percent and maybe make a slight slip up or something this guy's just he's barely dropped any games he's not been in a single tie break in this time i just it's just unfathomable how incredible that is really regardless who he's playing yeah i mean it, i mean it is a record and i think i think i made a sardonic comment once when roger beat some record and I thought well you know it's getting rather tedious with all these records uh, since the times when dinosaurs held rackets in their teeny tiny paws um, but I mean you do raise an interesting point that, um, that with the draw pretty much blown open today Rafa is going to get get himself to the final without really having faced much in the way of opposition I mean team is actually probably going to be the strongest opposition he's faced certainly this week yeah and um, team I don't think is at the level he was at last year, and he said that himself. You know, the injury coming into this mm. has l maybe lost him a bit of uh, consistency or time to get ready properly. Um, the team probably right now remains the best clay quarter outside of Rafa, apart from Carl Edmund, of course. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll come on to Carl in a little while. Um, I'd say Zverev is probably the other guy you'd look at in either side of the draw who's got the the big game experience of winning a clay title yep. um, which actually has team yep. he's not won a master title but he's won he hasn't he's won, he's won he's clay won titles but you know Zverev's won a, a master title on clay so we probably shouldn't discount him he's going subtly under the radar but yeah I mean Rafa Del Proctor has gone out today that's really oh. disappointing yeah um, because it means Rafa's going to face one of Kevin Anderson or Dusan Lajovic in the quarterfinals and hopefully Anderson to be perfectly honest I think Anderson can at least trouble him with a big serve it'd be Nice to see a really big server on these fast courts against Rafa and see how he deals with that. Someone will continue to bash the balls and yeah. take it to him. Um, because I think anyone who goes too tippy-tappy with Rafa is going to lose. He's just going to wear you down. Yeah. And maybe Anderson will just be like, screw this. I'm just going to whack it, hit winners every single ball. And if he has one of those days, you never know. Yeah, I mean, he can't. I mean, that's the thing. He can have one of those days. But, um, you know, if memory serves you right, he did get somewhat brutalised in the uh, US Open final. 
Um, although, just well, before we came down, just on the subject of team, you know, fascinating fun fact, listeners. Um, while Nadal owns uh, owns teams behind six two, they've only ever met on clay. They've never met on any other surface. There you go. That's quite remarkable in this day and age. Even allowing for the fact that teams youngish in comparison, I, I think that's quite a that's yeah. quite an interesting the, stat. They were the only two guys to get to the um, fourth round of every single slam last year as well. Yeah. So it's not like they've yeah. not been particularly consistent compared to other guys. Um, yeah. They've met quite a few times on clay, though, I imagine. Yeah, uh, well, Probably eight, eight, in fact. It? There we go. <laughs> it being a record of 6-2. Is it 6-2? Yep. I can't even remember the second one. I thought, I thought uh, it was 7-1. Well, I wrote this down. It was, I think it was Rome and Buenos Aires, I think. Buenos Aires. Um, were the two wins that team got. Wow. So, there you go. Didn't even remember that. Well, it's just I was like literally writing it before <laughs> while you were telling me, I've got one minute and then we can go. Okay. <coughs> the other news of the day. Um, while Rafael Nadal, who was looking, you know, well, continues to look dominant, um, the person that we thought could not be beaten on the women's side did, <laughs> basically. I mean, we lost Simona Halep, yep. the two-time defending champion. <clears throat> um, and what struck me when we went to Karolina Pliskova's press conference was um, she'd said in her previous press conference, oh, you know, um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at the uh, French Open match and see if I can do anything different. What it turned out that she did differently was she just got some self-belief that she could actually beat Halep. And I mean, you know, the power power of a positive mind. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to blow my trumpet too much, but I did say Pliskova could take a I don't remember that at all. (laughs) And it caused some raised eyebrows from Miss Satar. I don't remember that at all. Um, But in fairness, I did not say she would beat Halep, and I am surprised by that. But equally... You know, Pliskova's played some really, really good stuff on clay. She uh, won in Stuttgart. She's strolling through here. And I I just think she looks so nonchalant, the way she's just slapping these forehands past people. She looks hugely confident. She's She just seems to have a little more time to set up that forehand on yeah. clay. And even against the world's best defender on the women's side of the game, couldn't do anything about it. It's no. just too too flat, too quick. These conditions, I think, suit her. Um, yeah, I was really, really impressed. She yeah. becomes the favourite for me. Absolutely. Um, and Absolutely. what about you know going on to the French and stuff? I mean, I wouldn't have had Pliskova down as a semi-finalist last year. Yeah. And no. this year now, you kind of think, wow, if she can do that last year when she wasn't a great clay court player, no. she's playing really, really good stuff right now. Looks full of belief. Could be a surprise first Grand Slam for her. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I think a lot will depend on how she comes because she, she's had quite a busy time. I mean, there was Fed Cup and then straight into Stuttgart. Then she pulled out of Prague wisely, I think. I know yep. it's difficult for the Czechs. They, you know, they really want to be able to have a, a tournament at home and really represent. And uh, you know, Petra Kvitova was telling us about how many people have turned out for the Prague International. Um, you know, they really do love their tennis. They're a great tennis-loving nation. But I think it was a wise decision of, uh, sorry, of Pliskova, excuse me, to, to pull out. I think that set her up well for the two premiers that are going to be second with home. Um, I personally think that she's going to have a decent run here and then just not have a decent run in Rome. But that's okay because that gives her time to go and get used to the, the conditions in Paris. Because I always see it as a, a kind of graduated step of, um, of progression. So Stuttgart's slick as hell. It's like an ice rink. Uh, it's indoor clay. It's not real clay, as Simona Halep 
continually told us. And I believe her because I played on that stuff. And I swear to God, I could have done a routine that Torval and Dean would have been proud of on that stuff. And then you come here, and it's proper clay, but it's altitude. So the ball fizzes about a lot. Then you go to Rome, and Rome and Paris are very similar. They're both obviously at sea level. And, and Rome, when it's hot, the, the ball flies. But as soon as that sun goes down, you know, in the evening, it becomes very heavy and very claggy. And that's the same with Paris. So I think, um, I think it'll be interesting to see how she, how she copes with that change, because she's playing a, played a lot of heavy stuff on clay. Yeah, and I think particularly in the women's draw rather than the men's where Rafa, you just expect to waltz everything at the minute. I think the scheduling could be quite important for Pliskova yeah. during that French Open. In certain matches, if she gets it during the day hot, flying, you know, she'll be a real force. And the thing is, they probably will put her through the day because, you know, we were discussing at they put dinner. The Frenchies at night, yeah, they? they'll put the Frenchies <laughs> at night and they'll put the lesser, what they feel are the lesser known players, and like, you know, for the, for the benefit of the tape, it's like with inverted commas, in the day when they're not, you know, and, and I think that's going to suit it down to the ground. Mm. But we also lost Maria Sharapova yes. today. Now, she snapped her four match losing streak that dated all the way back to that pretty um, disappointing match actually that I thought in the Australian Open I was expecting there to be real fireworks yep. and it was a real damp squib but now in hindsight knowing about you know the, the eventual split with Sven and you know what she said today in press about how you know she went through some very very tough times and you have to imagine the times were tough before Indian Wells as, you know that, that led to the passing of the waves um, one thing that I thought was very interesting, especially in light of coming back after the ban, was that she said, you know, a lot of people would have just given up at that point. Um, makes you wonder whether that had actually crossed her mind. But she came back, she got some good matches. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed her impress today. I really liked her comments about um, not giving herself a pat on the back. Mm. Uh, you know, she is a champion, she's a player who's won five Grand Slam titles. She expects more of herself than to be getting to a quarterfinal playing quite well and you know and while she home. notes improvement you know, this isn't good enough for Maria Sharapova and that's becoming a hard thing for her to accept but equally it felt a bit more defiant today it felt a bit more like the old Maria yeah. like <laughs> I, I she feels fit now she's saying the margins are quite fine but you know doable I think the improvements will come. She'll start winning some big matches soon. Um, yeah, I think this was a really big week for her, I, mentally. All right, my hot take then is that Pliskova will only go maybe a couple of rounds or, you know, in, in Rome, and everybody will be like, what were we thinking? I think Maria will go well in Rome. I think she'll go well in Rome, um, and then it's going to be wide open uh, in Paris. I'll wait till I see the draw in Rome before I predict how far Sharapova <laughs> will go because she just never knows. She's going to get early on at the minute. But, yeah, I think she'll be a contender. Now, the, the person that I think has flown under the radar, and by that I mean quite literally flown under the radar, is Caroline yeah. Garcia. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> haven't... I've, I actually had to miss seeing Garcia altogether because I'd come running back for Carl Evans' um, press conference uh, after his win over Djokovic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm losing track of the days. Yeah, so I, I, I missed a chance to see her, but she's she's pretty much got to this stage largely unnoticed, um, but in very impressive form. Yeah, I've also missed her since uh, speaking to her before the tournament started, really. Um, 
and that's not been a purposeful attack. I think she's playing some brilliant, brilliant tennis. Just been a load of crazy stuff happening, man. It's difficult to keep up. But um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think she's playing really well. I think she's another one I look at for the French. I know there's a bit more pressure on her on home turf, but she's a player playing well enough right now to be considered one of the top contenders to win that title. I think she looks solid. She plays and just looks again similarly to how we were saying with Pliskova she looks a player with a bit more belief at the minute yeah. a little more confidence um, yeah I think if I was a betting man which I am but I probably won't bother betting on this but um, <laughs> I would probably say I'd expect a Pliskova Garcia final and I think that would be a really really good matchup yeah the reason that we're not covering the the fourth thumb member of the band as it were is because Kazakina and Kvitova are still playing mm. Um, uh, but of course, you know, we'll have to do record this sometime. So, um, it's very late here. Yeah. I, I mean, you should hear me shouting about the scheduling. I, 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 I thought you were going to pull out the thing to have a good score, but no. I, I am. That's what oh, I'm you are. Oh, it's okay. just loading slowly. Um, but, uh, I oh, it's over. Kvitova's through. Oh, no, okay. it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. Six, four, six, love. Six, love? Six love, Zoop and that's happened. That six loves happened since we came down here. Yeah, and I've just realised that I put in for win lose. No, win only, and I'm, they're probably going off to talk to her right now. But anyway, um, so we've got to finish. Yeah, that is it. That is going to be a great good one. semi-finals. We're happy with those. Yeah, Bertens as and well, playing well. I've got to be honest. I mean, I, I love both of them. Like, you know, either Garcia or Kvitova, I'd be perfectly happy to to, to go through into the final. Yeah. Um, I think that yeah, I think we've got a good good lineup. Yeah. And talking of good lineups, Kyle. Yeah. Good heavens above. That w we actually went to sit on court to watch the first set, and there was not only was there some breathtaking serve and volleying and that one-two punch of his, literally leaving Goffin reeling in the first first few games. But I mean, his his deftness at the net has improved a hundredfold. Um, his backhand we all saw against Djokovic, but my God, he was good today. Yes. Yeah, breathtaking performance really um, I said after the Djokovic match don't be surprised to see this guy getting to the final these conditions suit him really really well I completely stand by that it's only going to get tougher now I mean okay beating Djokovic is the toughest thing he probably will have to do this week but I think by this stage you've got players who have played a few matches yeah. on it are more used to the condition are confident themselves so yeah. mentally you know Goffin's just come back from injury wasn't necessarily at his best today I don't think no um, but that should take nothing away from Kyle mm. and this is exciting times you know if he gets to the final he could be world number 11 I think which <laughs> seems pretty absurd when he was at world number 50 at the start this year I so, know. Um, um, top 20 though pretty much nailed on which is um, fantastic for him and just what a lift in this week of Andy Murray's bad news as well. Great but, to hear. But, I mean, even better, I think we're going to have a really tasty quarterfinal because we've got Denis Shapovalov who beat his um, idol, uh, Milos. But not only that, I mean, uh, yeah, he, he was an absolute diamond in press. Articulate, very um, respectful, very humble, you know, without humble bragging, if you, if you get what I mean. Um, you know, I think both of them are stars in the making, and I think this is going to be a very, very tasty quarterfinal. But possibly, actually, the most competitive and best of the lot. I would, I would say. Yeah, I, I mean, I've made no secret. I'm a big, big Shapovalov fan. He's the guy I see, not just on court, 
but Ocor is the natural successor to guys like Federer and Nadal. I think he speaks really, really well. He's a really intelligent guy. Yeah. This is his worst surface, and yet he's playing some brilliant, brilliant stuff. You know, beating Ryanich today, six four, six four. Ryanich played well today. You know, it was just a high level. He's playing clutch moments well. Yeah. He's and a he, great and it's not something that he's always done as well. I mean, you know, as a, as a, as a sort of sense of his his youngness, he uh, at times his shot selection can be a bit iffy. Um, but yeah, today I think he really turned the corner in that respect. Uh, you know, played intelligent, good tennis, spoke so warmly about Milos as well, which was lovely. Because I wouldn't say that Milos is particularly old. I think I put Milos in that kind of lost boys generation. Mm. And I think the next gen are really up to give them a bloody nose, but in the nicest possible way, because they're such nice chaps. But anyway, we're getting incredibly strange looks. So I think we're going to leave it there, unless you've got anything else you want to say. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we're pretty happy. It's going to be a good day, Friday. I think it's um, going to be a great day. Not overly enthused about the start, admittedly, but <laughs> you never know. Anderson and Lajovic, I'm backing you to make that match of the day after all. <laughs> I did roll my eyes I quite guess. firmly there. I don't <laughs> know how you actually said that and kept a straight face. You have, of course, been listening to Ros Satar from Britwatch Sports. And George Belshaw from Metro.co.uk.